When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Lost Rewatch here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. Josh Wiggler here with a special episode of Down the Hatch. I'm joined here, of course, as always, by Mike Bloom. Mike Bloom, a very special episode of Down the Hatch, but not a recap uh, rewatch of the episode special. Josh, I went through the entire effort to create a CGI polar bear that's sitting right next to me. You're telling me that I did this all for naught, that we're yeah. not talking about special today, that I took it, the, I Amelia Bedelia this whole thing? You did about as well as the show did when they tried, so. Yeah, you know. well, here's the twist. It was me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a time-traveling Mike Bloom mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the I, polar we, bear. After I left that Dharma station with you, Josh, after uh-huh. Ben let us go, I was like, well, I got nowhere else to go. Michael, might as well go to Lost and start making polar yeah. bears. With my no, life. I remember that because I was like, so what do you think you're going to do? And you're like, I don't know. I always wanted to try my hand at computer graphics. <laughs> of course. That was the thing we were working on at, in Guam, right? I was like, uh-huh. I, I could do Toy Story. I yeah. can do my own version. And I kept being like, man, I know that you have a really creative personality, but like, you can't just like walk into Pixar and expect to be able to do Pixar things. You said, watch me. 
Yeah, so I'm working my way up the ladder, right? I started with, like, ABC proper. Kind of stopped there yeah. after special happened. That's uh, that's sort of my demo reel at this point. But you know what? We have a, a long tail ahead of us, especially if I keep traveling back through time. All right. Well, we've got a great tale for you here, dear listeners of Down the Hatch. Of course, currently, Mike Bloom and I are counting down the official Down the Hatch episode rankings of every single episode of Lost as we are in our very own zombie season of Down the Hatch. Uh, Today, we are taking a break from the episode rankings to bring you a bonus episode of DTH because I heard some words from a good friend of mine, a good friend of the podcast, an incredible friend of the Lost community. And uh, when the opportunity came to like sit down, have a catch up, because it's been a long time since I've been behind the microphone with this person, how could we say no? Uh, we don't know when the next time we're going to be talking regularly on a microphone is we think it's probably going to be at some point later this year though it remains undated of course i am talking about the hbo show westworld and of course i am talking about my welcome to westworld podcast co-host and a very important person a vip in the lost community uh she was the second person ever featured uh on uh down the hatch uh, I guess the first guest ever featured on Down the Hatch all the way back at the very start of this feed. Before we began the rewatch, we asked for some advice from the legend herself. And here she is, Joe Garfine. Wow, that is quite an intro. You guys are the best hype men ever. Thank you so much for having we me. We had on. a lot of practice because all we like we just had each other when we were stuck yep. in Guam. Yep. <laughs> and so we it really got really old hyping each other up. Uh, as, yeah. as nice as it was from self-affirmation. So I'm really excited to have you on, Joe, because this is an opportunity to not only, you know, talk about something that is incredibly valuable, not only to the lost community, but the world. But I feel like you are somebody who has played such a large role in the lost community overall. And though this show is, you know, coming up on 20 years of being on the air, we have a lot of newcomers to the franchise in general who might not know who the fantastic Joe Garfine is. So it really is like, you know, two hurly birds, one stowed in that regard. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, Joe, so why don't you tell everybody who you are? I mean, they could just go back to the very start of the DTH feed. They might get that answer. They could listen to all of our Westworld podcasts here on Post Show Recaps, and they could get the answer. Uh, they could just also go to your Twitter feed at Joe Opinionated, like Opinionated with a J at the start, and find out what you are all about. But we're here. This is like a great chance to just reframe the narrative, Joe. You're so kind. Well, back in the day, um, I like most people. Uh, were you just a- uh, talking from the beach that made you old? Oh, oh. no! <laughs> How you did we get so old? I haven't seen that movie yet. Yeah, how is, neither how is, how is Miles doing? Actually, uh, I we never talked about this. Did you know that uh, Ken Lang? Do you know the name of his character? It's pretty darn stupid. What in the it? in the old Beach movie, yeah. What is it? His character's name is Jaren. I was really hoping that you were going to say <laughs> his name is Kilometers. No, if only, if only M Night was such a big Lost fan. It makes Kilometers Strom. Kilometers, the kilometers like Glom or something. Uh-huh. Very similar. No, his name yeah. is Jaron Carmichael. 
Jaren, like like Jaren, like the like the part of like uh, speech. Jaren, think about J no, like Jaren. I guess without the D. Think about Darren with a J is essentially Jaren. <laughs> Jaren Carmichael huh. sounds like honestly a name that we would come up with in the post show recast patron Discord amongst our D and D compatriots. Jaren. You guys uh, are hilarious first thing in the morning, I just must say. It is early as we're recording this podcast. Yes, we have our coffee, though, so we're good. Yes. Um, okay, well, Joe, I mean... you're not from the beach that makes you old, but... I'm not. Uh, way back in the day... I'll just start by saying, currently, and for the last 12 years, I am the co-founder of Cancer Gets Lost, a nonprofit that collects entertainment memorabilia, tries to get it signed, and auctions it off, donates all the proceeds to cancer charity. But just to go back a little in my lost history, not on the beach, um, I had a lost blog. I literally made friends with everyone uh, in the fandom on MySpace. That's how old we are. Wow. Back in the day. And moved, obviously, to Facebook, I think, in 2007 or eight. Um, and that's where my lost blog picked up a little traction because a lot of the cast and crew were on there. And I had a situation on my website where I did not accept negativity. There was constructive feedback and conversation was encouraged, but I was extremely spoiler free. And a lot of sites were not spoiler free. They were literally, they had friends in Hawaii trying to get photos and spoilers. And so I think because of my positivity and spoiler free stance, I got the attention of uh, the PR department at ABC and like I said, some of the cast and crew, and they reached out to me, and um, I started attending events in Hawaii and Los Angeles. I went to the set in 2007 and 2008. Uh, my wife and I, Lisa, made a vacation of it, and then one trip was planned and one wasn't in terms of we went drove by Dharmaville, and they were filming, and we stopped, and a PA came over to me and said, are you Joe Garfine? And I said, yes. And they said, oh, we knew from Facebook you were going to be here. Come with me. Ooh. And then they took us to the set. So Whoa. it was... <laughs> It was pretty amazing and sort of riding that positivity um, and uh, I'd like to say sort of following the yellow brick road of kindness um, led me to with a, a fellow giant lost nerd named Jared Wong uh, in 2010 when the show ended. We met in person. We had been friends online for a couple of years as you were back in the day. Uh, we met at the official lost auction in Los Angeles. The two days in the freezing Santa Monica hangar where they had all the props, the Dharma van, Jughead, everything on display, and they sold off a gajillion dollars worth of items from the show. And as you know, they made a lot of money, ABC did. Um, and no offense to them and the kind people that helped me out uh, in the old days, but they didn't donate any of it to charity. And so Jared and I had a little bit of a brainstorm and epiphany that I had, at the time had a friend with a brain tumor and brain cancer, and I was going to auction off some of my personal memorabilia from Lost and other shows on eBay to raise money for the National Brain Tumor Society. And he said, you know, you have a really decent following. And now that the show's over, what are you going to do with it? And then we decided to create Cancer Gets Lost. And it, it took two years to start um, to accumulate. Luckily, I had friends at Bad Robot. And so our first auction in 2012 was almost all Lost items and other Bad Robot shows like Fringe and alias, I believe. Um, and to our shock and surprise, we made $65,000 in our first auction. That's insane. Wow. And we do not keep money. We have never earned a cent. Uh, we donate everything. We used to be able to pay for shipping, but uh, you know, with current world events as they are, we cannot offer that right now. Um, but when we can, especially with our smaller auctions, we like to offer the opportunity for free shipping. But there's a lot of stories in between that and now. Um, <laughs> what led me to be here today, and really, I'm a huge fan of uh, Pusher Recaps, Down the Hatch, I listen to it as I've been building this charity auction, is 
during the pandemic, I've been building this current auction, which just opened two days oh, ago. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry if you had Josh and I in I, your ears as you're trying to prep everything for one of, like so fantastic cause. One of, one of the things that um, I, I never talked to you about this, Mike, but every once in a while, while we're in the middle of recording an episode of Down the Hatch, because I now know, Joe, because sometimes you'll like text me some of your takes that Mike and I have had from the podcast. I'm like Joe's like actually legitimately listening to every episode of the podcast. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and and I have these moments where we're getting off the rails <laughs> on one of our many like uh, <laughs> verboten tangents. AKA like the first five minutes of this episode included. And every single time uh, th there's often, there's just, it, it appears in my head, in my mind's eye, my good friend joe just like staring at the phone with like the look of incredulity of being like what are you idiots doing is something that very often appears in my mind's eye and it cracks me up uh, i love it you guys are so happy. goofy and you know the show so well and your your listeners know that you have such positive intent that even when you totally go off the rails which is about once per episode at least um, at, at least, least it's it's all in in good fun because at this point in all of our lost trajectory you really need fun especially during the world we're in now yeah yeah, yeah. It's it's key. It's key. Uh, yeah. Where we 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 aim for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, when when you started, what did that first haul sort of amount to? Because like you said, right, you went to that that freezing cold hangar. Uh, <laughs> that like obviously it was sort of I don't know if it was an everything must go type of thing, but obviously there was a lot of backlog of things. When you actually started to get the wheels in motion to do so. Was it like, all right, let's get props, let's get scripts, you know, let's get little pieces of memorabilia? What were you sort of targeting, especially in those initial days when you're like, I, I don't know what this is, but let me try to get my hands on something? We didn't really know, and we didn't even have to ask. What we did is, I think I think I did a blog post about, we're going to start this, we're going to collect um, items, and then uh, almost to a person, every fan reached out and said, oh, I have an extra um, Desmond bobblehead, or... Um, you know, I have this trading card set and I don't really need it. Do you want that? Um, and the thing that really kickstarted it, though, is that when I, when I wrote about my friend Jackie with the brain cancer, um, Jorge Garcia, unbeknownst to me, had, was reading my lost blog and reached out and said, hey, I have a tiny piece of the Oceanic 815 plane. Um, would you like that? I can sign the bottom. It was just unbelievable. It was incredible. It sort of kickstarted this whole thing. And we've been friends ever since. And he's still the most generous, kind friend. And yes, by the way, Josh, to answer your question the other day, you are correct. They did just have a baby. Yeah, so. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, and so he's, is he like taking like a daddy duty break by going and becoming the <laughs> well, Cyclops? No, he's going to have a lot of duty going that, on. That was amazing. Baby he, duty. He didn't tell anyone. Anyway, because you can't about the mass singer, and I didn't know until the. Oh, I thought you meant exploded. about the baby. Oh, no. I, thought you, I thought you meant about the duty. <laughs> the duty, hey. Yeah. No, he didn't. Uh, it, Yankee couldn't. duty dandy. Oh my! See, there you go. It took five minutes for you to go there. Uh -huh. uh, but yes, they have a new baby, very healthy and happy, and wonderful and beautiful. And you can see vague pictures on the Instagram. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, um, saw, so I saw some some. Uh, I know there's vague booking. Is it vague gramming? Is that vague what you gramming. call when you do like vague Instagrams? I saw some vague gramming of a child. Absolutely. I was so, I was so excited about it. Because yes. I think uh, just to pivot it to Lost, if you think about the characters that survived the show and could go on to become parents, the ones who aren't already, I would love to see Hurley as a dad at some point on mm. the show. It would be great. Yes, Absolutely. I mean, and he's as delightful a father as you can imagine. He is as a human being. So, you know, he he really inspired a lot of Cancer Gets Lost. And that got the ball rolling once I said I had that. Um, we actually auctioned it off to get attention to the the 
um, sorry, not auction. We did a giveaway. Um, I don't think we even auctioned it off. And so whoever donated money to the National Brain Tumor Society, we put their names in a hat and they won that piece. And there was so much interest that we knew that we had something with Cancer Gets Lost. And pardon me if my memory is a little vague. It, it's been a while. Um, and your girl is no young, longer a young, you know, Mr. Cluck's chicken is what I'm saying. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, but then we had friends at Bat Robot who gave us items. And then the day before the auction opened, I get a call from J.J. Abrams' assistant. Oh. We're FedExing you a pilot script signed by J.J. Abrams. <gasps> and Holy that moly. was a surprise. And it I think it sold for like $3,000. I mean, it was just sort of, it, it just rolled and rolled and rolled. It became this amazing thing. And as you know, We've all been a part of many fandoms, but more particularly, Lost has been the most consistently kind and constructive, in my opinion, since 2004. And yes, in two years, it is the 20th anniversary of the Lost pilot. And you both oh, and me, God. you know we have plans already for that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's... um. Now I'm feeling really old. Oh no, Jaren, is that you? <laughs> the idea of uh, the 20 year anniversary of the Lost Pilot. And I wonder, even in a couple of years, are we still going to be able to say the thing? We're like, yeah, you know, one of the things about Lost when you go back and watch is like, it doesn't look dated at all. When is that line going to get crossed? Has that line already been crossed and the three mm. of us are just too much of an old's? to really see the line i think the key is that there's no technology so besides yeah. a few old cell phones and some disc mans yeah besides that and and some of the red, red like socks not being able to win the world series <laughs> and case fashion and the technology tends to be very 70s and 80s oriented yes. anyway i think it's still like you know i've obviously rewatched it recently with you like you yeah. and i'm always pleasantly surprised at how it holds up that being said a lot of the jokes, uh, particularly coming from Sawyer, are very unpolitically correct. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. I think that, that that, you know, hit pretty pretty immediately mm -hmm. when we did the when we started the rewatch a couple of years ago. Uh, and I think that one of the things, I don't know, Mike, did, was this something that we that we actively noted, or was it just one of the things that we said we wanted to actively note and didn't actually do? Of like, where does the needle turn for Sawyer from being like this really loathsome guy uh, for so much of the first season to like, I don't know, like almost putting some of that completely away in the face of him becoming a fan favorite character. Season yes. five. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's the thing is I think we've talked about it and that the conclusion we came to is that it was more gradual. It was a bit more of a turn of the dial than a flip of the switch that specifically, I think Joe brings up obviously season five, right? Everything with, him being sort of the one left in charge with the absence of Jack and John Locke uh, with the LaFleur stuff as the one to just take over the community. And especially in that three years where they're just hanging out to like gain a soft spot for things. But I think we, we made the argument that like almost starting back at season three, you know, when uh, we have that, that left behind storyline where Sawyer's like, uh, where Sawyer essentially gets like gaslit by Hurley into yeah. becoming a good guy because he has to take over as the leader eventually. And, you know, that's one step. Obviously, a big leap, quite literally, is when he jumps off the helicopter and there's no place like home. So I feel like there are several steps that are taken. I will say, though, the nickname Game uh, still kind of sticks around. Uh, there are some comments. Wait, wait, wait. When, when does he earn that nickname, Joe? Do you remember that? Who gives Sawyer the nickname Game? Who, who's the first person who calls him Game? I don't remember. 
Mike, who calls Sawyer game? It's when first. they're playing Risk in uh, The Shape of Things to Come, right? They just say, oh, you're game. That's yeah, your name. You're game now. And he's like, all right, listen, it, clearly it's it's much harder than you think. You can't just look around the room and call me things. <laughs> you can't just point at a thing in the room and say that's my nickname now. And everyone's like, oh, classic game. Oh, cla- oh I'm going to call you Floor now. You're yeah. Floor game. And so- then Sawyer back pockets that in a couple episodes from then. He's like, uh, my name is uh, The Floor. They say La Floor. Yeah, oh, he's like, sure, yeah, that's better. That, that's me. <laughs> oh, good thing I didn't look up or I would have been La Ceiling. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that for for poor Mr. Game, uh, I will say, even in the Dharma days, his nicknames for Miles continue for old Jaren, keep going until the end, and they're not fantastic. Uh, they are still, like, vaguely offensive. They I say I mean, they're not as Barbie as, uh, which maybe is another, or it's a sort of nickname towards Shannon, I should say, uh, as the first couple of seasons, but, like, there are some, I think, off-color remarks that are still lingering, but I think for the most part, a lot of edges have dulled from that character. But there is still sort of like one lingering remaining thing in the form of Miles there. Yeah. Well, I will say 12 years later, I think I can spill the tea a little bit. When I met Jeff Fahey at the season uh, six premiere in Hawaii, which I luckily got to do the red carpet, which was unbelievable, and then go to a... Um, a cast only party for the quote press. I got to be press. I met Jeff Fahey and off the record, we were talking about the nicknames that Sawyer gave him. And he was very not thrilled with Chesty. Mm. Very not thrilled with the Burt Reynolds references. That's interesting. Yeah. I do. I guess you don't think about like, Hey, does Jeff Fahey know he has very coarse chest hair and does he enjoy (laughs) the remarks about it? Uh huh. I mean, Desmond, Desmond's the one who wore a button down shirt and a button the whole time, but no one called him Chesty. No, no. They had other things to call him. It's true. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Um, but Jeff Fahey's also such an interesting dude who spends 95% of his time, uh, you know, off the grid helping charitable organizations. So he is an amazing human being. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, listen, he's the hero at the end of the day. Uh, so it makes mm. sense that he would be one in, or at least, I don't know if it makes sense, but it's certainly nice to know that he... That he that he is one in real life. I mean, we're we're off course now. I think largely because <laughs> you mentioned the 20 year anniversary yeah. of the pilot in just a couple of years, and I'm just trying to like spin the wheels here as much as I can to avoid thinking about the inevitability that on the 20th anniversary of the pilot, Mike and I are going to have to start rewatching Lost again for the <laughs> podcast. Or I guess maybe... that gives us two years, Mike, to just like bullshit our way through a couple of years you know well and to be fair pretty much our first run of the podcast did take a little bit over two years right Mm -hmm. so just think we have a dth length until we have to cross that you know bridge when we get to it i'm curious joe because obviously you know when you start cancer gets lost like you said there's there's so many fun things here's a pilot script signed by jj abrams here's all this memorabilia all these things that you can work with as the years went by, right, as we're approaching that 20-year anniversary, and I know that you have expanded uh, that breadth past Bad Robot and into many, many different types of shows, has it been easier or harder for you from, like, a lost perspective to get things to put up for grabs when it comes to these auctions? It's never been a challenge to acquire lost items. I am constantly getting... Um, emails, direct messages, tweets from people going, oh, I'm moving. Um, I found this old set of action figures in my closet. Do you want them? And I'll say, oh, what condition are they in? Which characters? Because some are, you know, if they're, quote, vaulted, which means if it's a pop or an action figure, sometimes they're no longer production. Vault! Vault! (laughs) 
there you go. Uh, then I will accept them. And if I have them already, a set of them, um, I will I'll say, thank you so much. We already have some. Uh, let me backtrack a little bit. A couple of years ago, when um, Damon and Carlton both moved away from ABC into their own um, producing wings and uh, different buildings and different networks, um, individually and separately, uh, they had their assistants call me and say, how soon can you come to LA and can you bring a truck? And all the promotional and marketing materials were in a closet in Damon's office and then also wow. in a closet in Carlton's office. And it's, you know, there are a million charities. They've kept some things, of course, for like different uh, opportunities to give back. But the bulk of it, I mean, I have still in, I'm looking at it, bins and bins and years and years worth of lost items. Damon gave me cast crew exclusive yearbooks. Um, I have a few left. There's one in the current charity auction. It's always one of the top items. Um, you name it. I have the out of print encyclopedias. I have action figures and bobbleheads. I have a lost beach towel from season one that was a promotional item. So I have bins saved for the 20 year anniversary auction. But for right now, if if it's okay, I'd like to highlight a few items in the current auction, which for those who are yes. listening, it's open now through uh, Saturday, April 9th. So you have time. And you can register at any time. The only caveat is if you do have an address outside of the United States for shipping, if you don't have a friend or a family or an office here to ship to, you do have to email us to go over the shipping costs and estimates plus the customs fees. Because like I've said, due to the supply chain issues, the pandemic, fuel prices, sadly, the shipping costs are real high right now. Yeah, but yeah. Don't let that deter you if you have someone you can ship to. Uh, that being said, every auction, and thank you for asking, Mike, we have lost items, of course. We have more lost items than anything else. We, in a stunning turn of events over the last six years, the word of mouth has spread. So Jorge goes from, you know, to Alcatraz and then he goes to Hawaii Five-O and all the writers and producers go on to these other shows. And when those shows wrap, they usually get a crew gift. They have a promotional t-shirt. And rather than put it in a box or put it in the drawer, I oftentimes get a call. Hey, would this be something you're interested in? So um, I have items in this current auction, I think from over 80 different television shows and 30 wow. movies, which is mind-blowing. It is, Cancer Gets Lost is entirely fueled by kindness. It is spectacular. Fandoms, as you know, not necessarily lost, get a bad reputation because the internet can be loud. The people who have opinions can be loud and not necessarily positive ones. And so I think fandoms generally get a bad rap. I think Cancer Gets Lost is, is a proof positive that positive intent can make an actual difference in this world. And we do this because every single person is affected by cancer, sadly, whether it's someone you're related to, a friend, a classmate, a, a next door neighbor, a coworker, et cetera. Everyone wants to help. What I love about this is that cancer is a non-divisive issue, right? It doesn't matter who you voted for or where you live. You want to help. You want to give back. You want to find a cure. Someone bidding $10 on a trading card signed by Michelle Rodriguez, which we do have in this current auction, an Ana Lucia trading card. You might think it's $10. And if it sells for $10, that's $10 that we are donating this year to the colorectal cancer alliance no one wants to talk about colon cancer but they should because it's prevalent among young people it's also free not free affordable excuse me free and easy i should say to test at home yeah uh, there are many kits for colon cancer and i mm -hmm. have two friends one my age and one a young man younger man who has been a lost friend of mine who used to edit my podcast when i thought i could podcast on my own that did not last um and he is in remission from colon cancer, thankfully. And so is my other friend, Tanya, um, also in remission. And I thought, well, this is two younger, younger people with colon cancer. Let's donate our proceeds every year. We change 
the cancer charity we donate to because we want to bring awareness to it. We don't necessarily support the larger ones anymore. We want to support large, smaller ones like this one. So that $10 Anna Lucia signed card puts gas in the tank of a family who needs to drive out of state to a chemo appointment and a specialist for their son. That's what I say. Like, it doesn't matter. It, you know, don't look at the highest bids and go, I can't afford anything in this auction. If you want to own a piece of a show, a piece of history, a piece of memorabilia, something on your desk that someone would ask about and you can go, you know what? That pop is cool. It was signed by Tessa Thompson from Thor. But the coolest part is that $50 that I spent on that pop goes toward this cancer charity. So it's a story. Mm. So everyone wins. The cancer charity wins and you win because you get something cool. And sort of that's been our basis. The ball has been rolling. That is why... Uh, producers and showrunners that I've never met have reached out to me now and say, oh, I saw this person retweeted for your next auction. Would you like this? Yes, absolutely. I mean, in addition to Jorge, in addition to Damon and Carlton, Maggie Grace's assistant reached out to me recently. I met her at ATX TV festival a couple years ago and she remembered me, had her assistant reach out and said, Maggie's got a box full of stuff. Would you like it? Yes, absolutely. I didn't know what it was. Well, I assumed it was going to be lost. It was almost all Fear the Walking Dead. I was going to say, how much? <laughs> what was the balance between Shannon Rutherford stuff versus Althea stuff from Fear the Walking Dead? I would say it was a good 60-40, Fear the Walking oh, Dead. Okay. And, you know, yeah. they have a very cool fandom, and they're very active. And she signed it, including, like, a, a Fear the Walking Dead Monopoly, which is, like, super rare. Yeah. Um, really cool beanies and, you know, crew stuff. But then she also had her Shannon action figure, the infamous one in the bikini that she signed, um, a hat, a T-shirt, you name it. They're all in the auction. Uh, the, the most, uh, the story I love to tell the most is, of course, Sweet Michael Emerson, who I met at that Lost premiere in 2010. Sweet Michael Emerson. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys, I love that we can do this together. Thank you, because I, I appreciate the absolute nerds that you are, because I am, I am one of them. And you did not leave me behind. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you can see why we all get along, you guys. Yeah. Uh, Michael Emerson emailed me five years ago, maybe. Dear, you know, he speaks like you imagine he speaks. He's very mm. formal and very intelligent. And he says, Dear Joe, I have several boxes of items from my television shows. I thought rather than donate them to um, thrift stores, maybe you would enjoy them for your charity auction. I wrote back immediately. Oh my gosh, Michael, that's amazing. Here's my address. Thank you so much. Then I get an email back. Um, dear Joe, do you think that the value would go up if I signed them? I was like, dear Michael Emerson, yes, yes, please. <laughs> so again, I had no idea what he'd said. I got three giant sealed boxes. And again, I have items still here, mostly from person of interest, which is a fandom that is so huge in France and Japan. Those people, huh. are, they, they support the heck out of CGL and they're amazing. They're all over the world, but particularly I have very strong fan bases for that show in France and I mean, it's unbelievable. So long story short, that's how this happens. Um, people go from show to show, and thankfully, they think of Cancer Gets Lost. And almost to a person, every single actor, producer, writer that I've met has a personal connection to someone with cancer, which is why they're willing and able to part with their treasures or their junk. And their junk is our treasure. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of times people who are involved in these shows um, are inundated with a lot of swag yeah. and it's it's really great in the moment or they have like you know heirlooms that they take that mean a lot to them in the moment and not that they don't continue to mean a lot to them but i think that especially a lot of like the really fortunate ones who go on to work on a lot of projects probably just accumulate so much yes. that it becomes like overwhelming of like what do i do with all of this stuff 
and I think that the thing that, you know, I've known you now, Joe, for geez. Uh, I'm trying to think of when we, I know where we met and when we met, we met on the set of Fringe. Uh, 2010. We, so it's, wow. God. So it has been over a decade that I've known Joe. Oh yeah, we were friends online since 2007. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, so like, I I have seen firsthand the way that you've interacted with people on these shows. Um, and I have interacted with you so many times over the years and have always just been like, so struck by how um, how positive and warm you're always able to be, even when shit sucks. Mm. Uh, like you're just you're you're able to just be able to just like beacon your way through so much of that stuff. And I think that that radiates and generates a lot of trust and connection with a lot of these people who are in these positions to um, for them to like offload things that meant a lot to them and probably still do mean a lot to them, but they know will mean even more to others and will do this level of good in the process because you have this mechanism through which um, these items can pass to the fans who want them so badly while also generating literal funds and resources um, for, for people who are affected by, like you say, this like tragic yet great unifier. Um, across the across the human species so um i've always just been so impressed with with cgl and um the fact that there's uh there's the auction going on right now um definitely wanted to make sure we took some time to to highlight all of that and people getting involved because there's a slew of stuff that if you're Mm -hmm. interested in in um, any of these shows there's going to be something for you but even beyond that just like there's going to be something that's for you and you can rest really comfortably knowing that your, um, your money that you're putting towards this stuff is going to like the greatest of places. Absolutely. And we do not charge a buyer's premium, unlike most auctions of this size. Mm. So that 3% that's usually added on, 3 to 5%, we are covering on the back end so that you don't have to, because we understand that right now, the world is crazy and the shipping costs are um, higher, even domestically. So it's important to us. And Josh, to backtrack a little bit, I appreciate you noticing I have such passion. And when you meet me, I think it's very uh, visceral and visible. And so that's the, that's what I miss about going to I was going to say infectious, but I feel like that <laughs> word should be reevaluated. Yes. Fair. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, my whole life I've been told I have an infectious personality, but now it takes on a different meaning. So I have maybe um, a genial, a kind personality. Sure, I'll take that. But I have such passion, as you know, and I always talk too quickly and talk with my hands. And if you saw me right now, I am gesticulating. But uh, I think that does come across both fans and the people that that donate from from television and film industry. I do miss that connection at conventions. And we had to relocate to Wisconsin during the pandemic for my wife's job, which has been amazing. But I do miss being close to Los Angeles because that is where the acquisitions mostly took place in person. But we will be back. I just don't know when. Um, I, I, In the process of cancer loss, I lost my friend Jackie to brain cancer. We lost my wife's mother to pancreatic cancer. The reason that we choose a different charity every year is because of this. There's so many kinds and hopefully our lifetime will start to see some cures. I mean, goodness gracious, the vaccines alone are so encouraging in terms of the Mm -hmm. science. Um, My wife is a forensic scientist, so I believe in science. So this is amazing to me. And I just feel like because of what's happening in the world, especially the last few years, nonprofits are making less money, cancer nonprofits and other, because the world needs to help people in wars and people in this country who are, um, you know, 
uh, don't have homes and need our, our, our food, don't have food. And I just feel like my heart goes out to everybody. So I want to do my part, my corner, which is help people with cancer. And that's ongoing. And so I'm going to transition from that to go, hey, let's talk about this current charity auction. For those listening, every single detail you can find is at cancer gets thought. I can't speak. Cancergetslost.org and on Twitter at cancergetslost. There's a link in every single tweet to the charity auction and all the details. Um, like I said, Lost not only has the most items in this auction, in the top 20 items, almost every single one outside of Wheel of Time are Lost and Fringe. This fandom continues to be so generous. So let's talk about these items, Josh. Let's do it. Let's do it. First of all, Every time I tweet about having anything related to Michael Giacchino, God bless that man. He tweets back, oh, I'll add signed sheet music. Okay, well, the value of your item just went up exponentially. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, also, the the value in general just goes up every year, considering, like, his involvement on, you know, Spider-Man as of late. Like, Oscar his, winner. His, his, yeah, his entire stock is just rising every year, let alone him increasing the value by signing things. I mean, he could be an EGOT winner. It's unbelievable. Um, So kind. And so... I have this uh, triple live album uh, from a concert he did in Ireland, and it's a really cool three LP vinyl set. And I have a lost uh, concert poster, I think, from one of the California concerts uh, with it. And I tweeted about it, and he said, oh, I'll sign Lost Sheet Music and include it. So that's one of our packages. Um, and for those who weren't able to attend the official Lost Auction in 2010, we have not only a really cool Dharma bidding panel, which people have been trying to buy mine off of me for years. No, um, someone else donated, they donated theirs. It's signed on the back by the prop master, Rob Kiker. Ooh. That's really cool. And it includes the auction catalog and a staff auction t-shirt. Speaking of Rob Kiker, he reached out and donated a can of Dharma beer created by the production. He doesn't know if it was screen used or not, but it was created by him as a prop on Lost. It, it is a non-alcoholic beer, but because it does contain liquid, I, if you bid on it, you have to be from the United States or have a United States address, just FYI. But things like that. I, I tagged him in the tweet about the paddle. He reached out and donated the Dharma beer. So that's how it is. I have a pilot script signed by Daniel Day Kim. Oh. I have a promo poster signed by 11 of the cast. That is a high item because it has people like Matthew Fox. And as you know, he doesn't, He's not out there. He doesn't sign things. So he's, it's signed by, I'm going to read it he right now. He will be after his Peacock show. That's there right. You know. uh, what's that one called? It's like the light or something like that. What's Lighthouse. Uh, Lighthouse. Desperate <laughs> for, no, that's a Lifehouse. Uh, Matthew uh, last Fox. Light. Last Light. Uh, that's going to be the new From. Once ah, From ends and I can't yes. get From states anymore. Yes. Uh, I'll be uh, calling in from the last Lighthouse. Okay. Just FYI. Okay, good. We also Joe, are some... you watching from? Um, no, we don't have that channel, but I love yeah, Harold Perdon. I'd love to support him. I know. <laughs> I like you said in your podcast once, you might be the only person watching it. We've got like probably Wait, like it's... 12 people now. Yeah, Wait. slowly amassing yeah. over there. It's like the man in black, like yeah. slowly bringing people over to his yeah. side and across the sea. The, the uh -huh. best part is Lisa's dad texted me a couple weeks ago. Your friend from Lost, he's on that show I'm watching. I'm like, can you be more specific? <laughs> We know, like the most one of the most sprawling casts yeah. in you know TV. Oh yeah, they're on this one show that is also on the air. Is right he now. watching from? 
He is. Yeah. He has effects. And he said, it's not usually my genre, but I'm going to give it a try. And he goes, ooh, it's scary, but your friend is good. <laughs> he is good. It is scary. Uh, it is. From, to good. that point, though, like, could have been referencing, you know, the dropout. Could have been referencing right. Yellow, Yellowstone, oh. even. Yeah. Oh, Josh my God. Holloway. Dad Saeed and the dropout. Unbelievable. I know. I, I know. know. Okay, Lisa's dad also texted me a couple years ago and said, hey, that handsome fella from your show is in the doctor's office with me. And I'm like, again, can you be more specific? <laughs> so, so Josh Holloway. Oh yeah, Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's where my wife's family is from, and that's where Josh Holloway lives. And I'm like, oh yes, that's Josh Holloway. <laughs> my God. So anyway, that's in the auction. We have some set placards, which are the just laminated lost signs that were used on set that you would move around so you would tell people where they're filming. Nowadays, of course, they obfuscate. They do not tell you what show is filming where because they don't want people like me to show up. Yeah, they but... use they use the code names, right? The code the, names. the snake in the mailbox of it exactly, all. Exactly the bagel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have. A Tyler Stout final season poster signed by Damon and Carlton, which is awesome. I have the Encyclopedia of the Yearbook. My friend Jamie, who's an amazing artist, created the Lost Dharma Supply Company. I think you've seen them on Oh, Twitter. sure. Yeah. Jamie's awesome. Jesus. Yeah, Jamie's uh, fantastic. Huge fan of Jamie. Uh, well, I can, love, the, I, love Jamie. Big yes. fan of the Dharma Supply Company. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have so. not checked that out. Uh, I commissioned a We got to do something with Jamie on Down the Hatch. It'd be fun. Oh, at, at some yes. point, yeah. In the yeah, near future. Yeah. Yeah, She's awesome. Fine. I reached out yeah. for the last auction, the lost auction, had a piece commissioned for me. She made one for me and one for the auction. She reached out for this one and not only donated a box full of t-shirts and hats and, I mean, not hats. Sorry, I was thinking about hatch. Um, notepads and pencils and it's a whole box and that is a whole package in the auction. Not only that, she sent me a bag of all these extra items and said, every single lost package, add one of these items to it. So oh she gave gosh. me a bonus item wow. for everything. Amazing. Legend. Uh, but the my friend Aaron, who used to do PR for ABC, sent a can of an empty can of Dharma diced tomatoes. So <laughs> it looks really cool on a shelf. It's just an empty can. Does like, it yeah. still smell like a tomato I'm inside? Pretty sure it was empty the whole time. Oh uh, wow. But... oh wow! It was empty the whole time. That's what I kept <laughs> telling people. They should have known. They yeah, known. I'm imagining that when they opened the can, it just ended with like a shot from under the can looking up at two people looking into it and it slowly pans back and then just cuts to black for three yeah. months. It's like no, no, the tomatoes happened. The th <laughs> every, every, every bite of marinara sauce you had was real, uh, but eventually the can emptied. Uh, wasn't empty the whole time, guys. You were not watching. Yeah, the show, but right? but Josh, the show ended with a bunch of close-ups on empty cans, and it got yeah. people very. Well, confused. they just had all that B-roll lying <laughs> around from earlier in the show. No so bean-roll. Is that what you yeah. said? Bean-roll. Yeah, bean? there's some bean rolls that they had too. <laughs> Those are the empty cans of beans that were just rolling around. Okay, this is a, a by the way, just because I'm looking at this can of tomatoes. In 2010, I got to a press tour of the set, including the beach, Survivor's Beach. So I go to the Survivor's Kitchen, you know, where they have cereal and all the Dharma supplies, like the diced tomatoes. I'm five feet tall. In the sand, that table came up to, like, chest high. It's so high. That table is so high. I can't quite figure out why. So I don't understand why they built it so high. Who on the show is short? Like, Claire? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Emily would have looked like, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs at that table. I'm just saying. Um, ben is relatively short. Yeah, but they're not letting him near the kitchen ever. It's true. No, no. I no. digress. Was it yeah. for? Was it? Was it for Aaron when they're like, "Oh, this kid's growing up fast. Maybe we yeah. need to build something I, to I his just, height." It was abnormally tall. I just thought maybe it was for perspective. I couldn't figure it out, but it was so cool. I have an old YouTube video somewhere of me 
at the kitchen. Anyway, uh, I have a dress that was made by the marketing department, a Dharma dress. They had a booth at San Diego Comic-Con 2008 for the Dharma experience. So I have the dress that the volunteer wore. I have a Desmond brother bobblehead signed by Henry and Cusick. Ooh. And I have a complete set of lost Funko Pops, which is important because they're vaulted, most of them. And I added a J.J. Abrams pop. Vaulted. <laughs> You're hilarious. Sorry. Um, one of the biggest items, and both in, in weight and in content, is a lost Blu-ray set. You know, those complete series sets. But this one's donated by Carlton and signed on the lid by Damon and Carlton. That's cool. Wow. That's really so, cool. So we're, are we talking like the big, I'm staring at mine right now, yes. right? The little like uh, archaic looking trapezoid structure. Yes. The so, actual temple. The actual temple is in the auction. I yeah. did auction off a piece of styrofoam temple in the last auction, but no, not this one. I thought you were going to say, but no one bid on it. Because no, it no. My friend in San Francisco luckily bought it. So he only had to drive over to the East Bay to pick it up. Cause I was like, mm -hmm. my car won't even fit this. Yeah. So yeah. And to wrap up, oh, I also have um, some authentic season five production notes, a drawing of the Orchid Station with a little cute black and white Dharma van pinned on it. And I have an Apollo bar made by the marketing department. Uh, I don't think it was show used, but it was made um, to have around and used like on a table at a marketing event, that kind of thing. So, And it's, it, it's kept all this time? It's kept. It's expired. It's from 2008. I would still eat this, it. This is going to be that thing in the season four finale, right? Where Hurley's eating the crackers that are 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. What I would do if I bought it, uh, I would uh, I would very carefully unwrap the Apollo bar. I'd eat it, and then I'd replace the chocolate with something comparable and rewrap it because, like, the chocolate's only going to get worse. And I do feel like even past its expiration point, in tribute to the fact that our losties would eat things past their expiration point, I'd have to do the same thing. Um, well, that's what I, I would do with it. I think it's a Nestle Crunch under there. A and B. If oh. it is Nestle Crunch from 2008, I'm not sure during a pandemic you want to go to the ER, Josh. Even for the show, I wouldn't do it. I don't know. I really like a Nestle's Crunch. <laughs> I was gonna say I really like going to the ER. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't. Know, I really uh, like my doctor. <laughs> I do actually. Uh, I really do like my doctor quite a bit. Yeah, so that's sort of the, the main event of lost items in this current online auction. And don't be intimidated by the bids. This, they're going to fluctuate. Um, right now, there's bids anywhere from 10 to $300 in the lost items. And, of course, yeah. there are items from your favorite actors from Lost, and there are other shows. I mean, even Alcatraz, RIP, one season, um, I have a, a box of marketing promotional materials, including fake postcards from prisoners from Alcatraz on the show. Um, Jorge donated one of his scripts that has his name printed across it. And he signed it. Um, and not only that, uh, my favorite, Sarah Jones, who is on For All Mankind, which is a show that everybody should be watching. Oh, yeah. Very, I heard, very I heard good. I've a lot of very good things. That season two finale is one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. No spoilers. It's excellent. Sarah it's really Jones was the good. lead on Alcatraz, and she drew a mustache on herself on the Alcatraz poster, which I find delightful. Yeah, no, a little bit of a connection as well to uh, to from mankind. Is Penny not in it? Yes, yes. she is. Walker is yeah. spectacular. This is her best work yet. Uh, I think that that's probably true. I love Penny uh, and Deej. If, if you're listening, I know Deej is going to co-sign this. Uh, Molly Cobb is oh where. Oh my it's gosh. At. I, Molly, I Cobb, Molly Cobb is like not just uh, Sonya Walker's best role, but is like one of the great. TV characters in the last little wow. while. Wow. Molly Cobb rocks. Molly Cobb is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I had a crush on Penny, but I have a massive crush. On yeah, Molly Cobb is incredible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Molly Cobb in the bath with the joint uh, forever oh and ever. Amen. Sounds like a solution to a clue game. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, that's the basics of this particular auction. Again, I have some stuff saved and I will acquire more for the, the next auction, which is lost specific. Um, but I think there's something for everyone. I have items right now from very hot shows like Killing Eve, Ted Lasso, Schitt's Creek. I have signed Game of Thrones pop from, you know, Bran and John and the Night King. I have signed, signed Stan Lee pop. Like I mentioned Valkyrie. I have Ant-Man. So Marvel. I have Jason Momoa signed Aquaman pop. He also signed a Game of Thrones pop for Khal Drogo. I, I, I feel like this auction really has something for everyone and everyone wins. Um, Michael Emerson, again, God bless the man, also donated an L.A. Dodgers 1981 World Series baseball signed by the team. What? Incredible. Wait, what? Incredible. <laughs> yeah, Incredible. That's a, ma- that's a mad lib. That is an outright mad lib. I'm just imagining like a younger Michael Emerson being like, good game. Can you sign my baseball? <laughs> good game. And Sawyer's like, I'm telling you, stop calling me that. <laughs> this is the best part, though. He bought it off eBay because I have the COA from eBay. So Ooh. he bought it for some reason on eBay years ago. I got it authenticated through Beckett, which is the sports memorabilia authentication. And they're like, yeah, this is the real deal. So it's just super cool because somebody who's a Dodgers fan and a lost or an evil or a person of interest fan, bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I love he also evil. donated Irish cufflinks that he got in Ireland because why not? <laughs> so I put them in the auction because they were donated by Michael Emerson. Yeah, right. Michael Emerson was just like, well, this is a nice spring cleaning excuse. Yeah, like, when he so. said that he thought that it would be better to do this than to go to the thrift store. I mean, it's like, listen, we don't have to take your whole wardrobe. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> unless you want to give it to us, in which case maybe we will. Amazing. Oh, and by the way, I have two CDs signed by Taylor Swift in the what? auction. Wait, wait, what? Okay. Yeah. Yep, Swifties. Uh, also, also donated by my. I, I'm a Swiftie. I yeah. got her to sign these CDs. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go through some I other. I quite like really Red Taylor's <laughs> version. Those aren't from Michael Emerson, FYI. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to really quickly just sort of name off some other shows that are popular right now. We have amazing uh, jackets and mugs from the Handmaid's Tale Writer's Room, uh, limited edition parks and recreation uh, art, and a little Sebastian plush, which is cute. Aww. Uh, assigned Agent Carter Pop, Haley Atwell, another crush. Uh, Battlestar Galactica art, Good Place, signed by not a robot, Janet Darcy Ooh. Carden. Ooh. Um, amazing limited edition vinyl from Bates Motel. And Carlton donated a bunch of other items from Bates Motel, which are super cool. Um, uh, there's so many things. A Mandalorian limited edition art, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. poster, signed by 11 of the cast. So you can see. We've we've branched out a little. Um, Arrow items, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, plenty from the DC TV universe. A rare Thirteenth Doctor pop from Doctor Who, a Harry Potter package, a Sulu pop signed by George Takai. Tons of wine and herb oh stuff. That fandom is super nice, and the showrunner super nice. I mean, listen, I have a wooden box from Yellowstone. People watch that show. I haven't watched it yet. I know my Kevin Costner's in it. I have I w- literally I've watched an- the whole thing now. Okay. I have an empty wooden box and it's stained on the bottom, but you can't see it. It's a promotional box. It's empty. It's got the Yellowstone Paramount logo on it. And it's already $50. I love yeah. fans so much, yeah. Josh. I yeah. love them. Yellowstone Nation is pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, well, and I got and- another connection. Josh Holloway was on the most recent season, was he not? Yes. He was, he was uh, really on season three and a little bit on season four, but he has, uh, I think he's got that uh, that HBO Max show that I don't yes. know if it's in production yet or it's not. It's called Duster, and yes, it's going to be out, I believe, this year. 
Oh my god, I cannot oh my wait. Gosh, we're gonna have so many updates for our I upcoming mean, Oh podcast. my god, I can't wait for Duster. Duster could be like a, we actually have to do a podcast. Agreed. About that. Agreed. You know, Agreed. it's an yeah. HBO show, and it's yes. Josh Holloway. Like and I a, think the western oh, yeah. involves around yeah. the life of a gutsy getaway driver for a growing crime syndicate. Yeah, I think we probably have to do that as an actual podcast. Yeah, I would like to be yeah. a guest. Thank you yeah. so much. We got yeah. you. Um, and really quickly, I also have a Heisenberg hat. I have from the same company that made the hats for the show for Breaking Bad. I have a limited edition Heisenberg pork pie hat. <laughs> now, how do you feel when you put it on? Do you become the danger? Um, I literally close the door, put it on and say, I'm the one who knocks, knock on yeah. my own door and walk out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. It's probably what I would do. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah. I, I just like, it's so, it's such a delight as a pop culture fan to not only acquire these items and to create and create this auction, but to watch people's excitement about them. I mean, Josh, besides this podcast and two other DC TV podcasts that I'm doing, this is the first time Cancer Gets Lost has had no press. And that is because there are bigger issues out there. And I totally a lot get going it. on. A yeah. lot going on. So I'm not complaining at all. It's amazing. Word of mouth has been our number one marketing PR tool since day one. And I was, my expectations for this auction were much lower because of what we've referenced. We've already exceeded, exceeded the bids um, by double. And so we are very much on track to earn what we earned in the last auction, which was lost only. So I have a lot of hope and excitement to be able to donate this much to the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. And I really, I know we're not ending necessarily right now, but I just, I really want to thank you for having me on to talk about this. Yeah, no, of, of course. course. Are you kidding? Uh, we, we're, we're so appreciative of you and just the, yeah. the lost community is not the same without, uh, without CGL and specifically without you. So uh, anytime we get a chance to catch up. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leap at the yeah. opportunity, and especially because of this idea that again it's so many years later, but it is such an indication about how the fan base keeps humming along, right? Yes. That we have like survived the fact that this show has been off for more than a decade, but you have been able to to utilize that to create some really fantastic support and even build from there. I love this idea that it makes sense naturally that like support has grown despite not doing as much comparable press because that's how it's built in the first place. Right. Considering that you built up a stock just by people telling other people, it feels incredibly satisfyingly old school. Uh, you know, it, it's timeless, much like lost proper that just through word of mouth and various network connections, not only have you built this repository of really cool things to give away, but like it has become almost self-sustaining in its own right as well. Yes, it's absolutely the most heartwarming. I say this is the most rewarding, not hobby, because I do it full time now, but I, I don't earn a paycheck for it, but it's the most rewarding experience of my life. And if this is the best thing I will have ever done, I'm very, very proud of it. I have a couple of questions for you uh, <laughs> beyond the CGL of it all. Okay. Uh, before we start wrapping up. Here. Sounds good. Question number one. So... I just want to ask you a theoretical question. This is actually just like this might not this might not actually be like you know a real thing that I'm referencing, and Excellent. it's just like kind of a hypothetical that I that I've just wanted to. So you know, there's there's I think I've heard rumors, Mike. You can tell me if you've heard about this too. Uh, there's something called uh, I think it's uh, chocoholically lost. Is that right? Is <laughs> oh yeah, you're really using M Night Shyamalan naming conventions there. Chocoholically lost. Yeah, it's uh, for people who really love those Apollo bars. Yeah, just, the, they don't care how crunch. old the chocolate is. They're just going to eat it. Oh, sorry. I misread. It's chronologically lost. <laughs> uh, it is a way to watch Lost. It's a, it's a fan-created re-editing 
of all of Lost. Many people know what this is, but just in case you don't, it's a fan-created, re-edited version of Lost in chronological order. So starting all the way at Across the Sea and then moving forward through time chronologically from there. Um, Joe, you are such a Lost person that uh, I could imagine the world where you have watched Chronologically Lost or maybe are watching Chronologically Lost. Again, hypothetically, that that could be the case. (laughs) Just as Mike and I have considered the possibility of someday exploring that on our own, uh, I just wondered if, like, if you had been someone who had seen this, do you have any thoughts on it? Hypothetically speaking, Chronologically Lost is mind-blowing for the people who listen to this podcast, clearly are large Lost fans. It is such a mind trip. It is so Mm. different to watch it in order to have a young Kate Austin flashback in the, you know, it's very disconcerting, but also I think a really beautiful way to watch the show in that way. I do prefer a nonlinear the way it originally aired, allegedly. To watch it this way is, I think, an experience that if you had the time, I would highly recommend to both of you, maybe do a podcast about mm. it. Is, okay. What is the, the biggest surprise for you? Like, was there a specific moment you watched in this chronological order that brought either new clarity to it or like something that really stuck out to you one way or the other of either oh, this is really cool when it comes after this moment, or yeah, this makes this moment actually ping a lot worse when it's placed in the middle of this timeline. Mm, Well, I haven't got to the beloved temple yet. So um, I would say that watching all of the flashbacks of the younger characters around the same time, um, I have more sympathy, empathy, and care more about certain characters now than I did before. Interesting. Mm. Because yes. that's like your first exposure to those yes. people in that uh, run of the watch. The Lost should have done like a seven up thing where they, they start as kids and then they just grow up over the course <laughs> of the series. Yeah, I, I, I found myself enjoying and liking and paying attention to other characters that I normally sort of brushed off a little. I'm trying to be vague. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, this is just good information, mm-hmm. uh, theoretical data. Uh, to 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 put in the back, and we're pocket. not telling you how to access chronological. No, love. but you the can find exists. it. Yeah, the internet exists. Internet's out there. Internet's yes. got some stuff. Yeah, um, it's a trip. It is a trip. I have another question for you. When do you think Westworld's coming back? Oh my Slash, gosh! When is the Westworld podcast coming back? Okay, seriously. I, my biggest fear was it would come back right when the auction opened because I'm a little yeah. busy. Yeah. Um, because usually yes. it comes in April, doesn't it? It often does come uh, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure season one though aired in late in like yes. October 2016. Yes. But yeah, the last, the last the seasons two and three were were spring bound seasons for sure. Mm-hmm. I know sure. certainly season three, season two definitely because I was away on a different island in Mike Bloom. <laughs> you were back at home covering for me on Westworld, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, and then and then season three I know was in the spring because like the last normal quote-unquote normal thing like the last big people event that i ever did 
was the Westworld season three premiere in March of 2020. Then the uh, world shut down and you and I did a podcast about season three. Yeah, it was very uh, chilling uh, yes. that that was happening at the same time. It's supposed to come out this year. Yes. Uh, yeah, there was a big like sizzle rail, if I recall yes. correctly, done by HBO where they said coming this year, Westworld. Yes. No idea. No idea when. And my sources aren't telling me either. So this is what I was going to say, uh, Joe, is that August is House of the Dragon. We have this premiere mm-hmm. date now, which is very exciting. That show coming back for me at the exact right time. And I'm very thrilled to have this much time to emotionally and mentally prepare myself for it. I'm ready to get hurt again. (laughs) I'm ready. I am. I am. Uh, And I'm excited to get people excited about it. I think we're going to have a good time with it here on Post Show Oh, of course. Uh, Do you think you're going to pair Westworld with it? No. That's what I think. Like, I I think because, you know, they're they're only going to have one nine o'clock show on at the same time. They're not going to move Westworld to Mondays. That's just not how it's going to go. So, my question is, is it north or south of House of the Dragon? Like, is Westworld going to come out before House of the Dragon? Or is it going to be an end of 2022 deal? My guess um, is it's going to come out at the end of May and finish before, right before, oh leading gosh. into House of the Dragon. Oh, my god! Because I'm trying to think, like, trying to write if it's if it's 10 episodes. Was it It was eight episodes last season? It was yeah. seven, I think. Yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah. And then do we know if this is the final season? No, I don't think that they've announced that. And I think that uh, Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy have said they have a five-season arc in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess they could just roll out a fourth and final season. I do think that they're probably – they could be positioned for that if they want to. And they have, I believe, their overall is now at Amazon. Um, so right. they may be inclined to wrap this thing up relatively soon. They've that got means- fallout cooking right now. Right. So. I'm oh just boy. saying, Josh, that means in two years when it's the where we'll be working on the lost 20 anniversary, we will have the final season of Westworld at the same time. Oh, my God. We'll have to do a full rewatch. Uh, oh, my gosh. Well, we'll I have mean, two listen, years. I have to do yeah. one anyway, because it's been two years. I do not remember anything that happened in uh, in season three. I know John oh, Gallagher yeah. Jr. was was part of it, but that's I all just I remember. remember. Charge Charlotte Hale. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. no, no spoilers because there may be people who have not yet watched Westworld who are Fair. listening to this. And to those people, I would say, I'm sure you've heard some things. I'm sure you've heard like, oh, well, it had a really great first season. And then maybe it went a little off the rails. And I'm not even saying that those things are <laughs> untrue. What I am saying is worth watching the show. So you can listen to the podcast. Podcast, and, really and especially when it comes to that loss quality, I know you've said it about Severance a couple of weeks ago, Josh. Mm-hmm. But I will say, from like a pop culture perspective, Westworld season one was the first time, and I think one of the reasons why you know Joe and Josh ended up pairing together on this since those days of Lost, of especially from a mystery perspective, yes. what's going on? What are the possible theories? Like it created a very like i don't know like uh in infernalistic fire uh that was burning within the internet of oh my god this is the the new hotness in terms of big mystery item show again maybe thereafter it is still trying to do that maybe a bit more missed than hit in the next two seasons but i agree check out westworld i think there is a lot of connections from between lost and westworld when it comes to that type of tissue i'm i'm really excited to get back into the podcasting mode uh, yes. for for westworld and i i i've got some plans that i want to talk to you about offline joe excellent oh. i'm excited as it, as it pertains to as it pertains to westworld okay so that was the other thing i wanted to ask you about i think it could be coming soon or it's going to close out the year uh, right. there's obviously like that's a very silly thing for me to say. Those are really the only two options. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, severance. 
Mike has talked about. Joe, have you been watching this? Oh, yeah. It okay, is. great. Great. What the actual F? It is probably the most bizarre show we've ever seen, and we love it. All right. So, Joe, uh, I have been uh, – I was asked on Twitter by somebody who's like, so I keep hearing about Severance. Should I check this out? And then Mike and I on the podcast a couple weeks ago talked about Severance ever so ever so briefly because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you haven't watched it yet, Mike. No, uh, I've, I accidentally made a reference. It is my, my next on list. You know, I'm using yes. a bit of like my lower bandwidth when it comes to podcasting these next few weeks to like plow through a bunch of shows. I think so you're going to on there. I think you're going to love it. Uh, and someone on Twitter had asked me, like, how would I sell them on Severance? And one of the things and I know I always compare stuff to Lost and Joe, you are much the same. Yes. Um, I uh, have referred to it as Office Lost. Yes. Uh, is sort of how I have uh, started talking about it. Joe, for uh, for the Mike Blooms of the world, uh, <laughs> the, Mike Bloom the, types. the Mike Bloom types who love Lost have not yet watched Severance, but will obviously love Severance. Can you just pitch it a little bit? I'd love to hear your like sort of like broad view take on on what I think is much in how Mike you were describing Westworld. That's exactly what I would say about Severance right now. Okay, challenge accepted. I haven't had enough coffee, but I'm I'm willing. You work in a corporate office. You don't really know what you're actually doing or what the company does, but you go to work. And when you get in the elevator, you become a different person, meaning there is something chemically that they change scientifically, technology, sci-fi wise. You forget everything about your personal life and you only remember what happens in those walls, in that building, and you only remember the people in your work life and what you do for a living. And at the end of the day, when you leave, you get in the same elevator and all of your work memories leave you. You leave the building, you get in your car, you know your car, you know your home, you live rather a dull existence, it seems, from the flashbacks we have seen so far. We don't quite know. It's very mysterious. Your Life outside of the office is called your Audi. Your life inside the office is called your Innie. And there is something nefarious and mysterious at play in that corporation. That's the premise. That's, that's the premise. Where, that's that's where, we, where we find ourselves when the show begins. And much spirals out yes. from there. It's directed uh, and created by Ben Stiller with his muse, um, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette playing a villain. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Starring Adam Scott, who most of you know is a comedic actor, Party Down, Parks and Rec, etc. He is spectacular in this dramatic role. Spectacular. There's uh, some John Turturro. There's, oh. there's Christopher Walken uh, as well. Uh, it's Both a of whom I would say in a capacity we have never seen before. Uh, they're tremendous. They're yes. tremendous. Uh, so this is the pitch. It's a very, very, very good show. Uh, if I may say so, the podcast has been rather good as well. Excellent. Uh, so uh, I just wanted to make sure you were watching it. <laughs> yes. I'm very happy to hear that you are. Yes. Uh, Mike, do you have any questions for Joe before we wrap up? Yeah. So uh, obviously we are in the phase, right? Phase two of Down the Hatch, or I guess it's like phase four overall of Lost coverage. <laughs> we finished on the Hatch. Infinity Saga. Yes. Right. So no uh, more and now we're trying to... Now we're like spinning our wheels before we reveal what comes after the Infinity Saga. So right? that being said, uh, we're going through episodes, right? We're going through characters. Let me ask you, you have maybe I think that the hottest lost take that I, I've seen from you as a commonality is that you believe Flashes Before Your Eyes is the superior Desmond time jumpy episode over the constant. 
realistically speaking, where do you think it is going to rank? And will you be saddened if, if it is like <laughs> below a certain number? I think it'll be in the top 25. And I totally understand why. I think that the romance aspect of the constant and the editing and of which Mark Golden won an Emmy for and he should have is spectacular in the constant. And more the editing is more of a star to me in the constant and the romance. I think it's I have a personal connection to flashes. It just sort of really kicked off something in my brain and flipped the switch for me to be writing about Lost in a new way. Um, and also, I just I found some visual connections to the Wachowskis movie Bound from 1997. I mean, I have a whole thing I wrote about uh, back in the day. I found some uh, commonalities with The Matrix and sitting on the bench with the Oracle and sitting on the bench with Mrs. Hawking. So there was something about that episode that struck me. And I understand it didn't, didn't you know, touch everyone the same way. So I would be very happy if that was in the top 25. All right. I think, and I think top 25 sounds... I don't doable. know. It's it's steep. It's I think it sounds group. doable. I do think it sounds doable, but it is going to be competitive. Yes. We're going to be breaking lots of hearts once we're in the top 25. 100%. At that point, my heart's already vastly broken because Trisha Tanaka didn't make it, would be my guess. Right. I'd like to um, see. I'm very curious the most. I'm, I'm curious about where the end winds up. Top I, 10. Maybe. I think it'll be top 10. I think it'll be top think 10. I would not be surprised if it finishes just outside. If it finishes in like the dirty dozen. Because I yeah. do know we, we had some lower scores. For sure, sure, sure. And I think we're going to get to an area where there, I think we probably. That'll make gave, a difference. Yeah. yeah, we probably gave, we gave a hefty amount of, of episodes 4.2s over, you know, the 100 plus episodes. Of sure Lost. did. And yeah. so when we get to that pointy end and it's like, how do you differentiate the 4.2s among each other? It's going to be negligible. Uh, my other question, Joe, is. You are an unapologetic fan of uh, Juliet Burke, a.k.a. Yeah. Elizabeth Mitchell. Uh, favorite either Juliet episode or moment from her? Ooh, I mean, it's hard to beat the vending machine in the very end, of course. Um, I think it's just so beautiful. I also love, love when she's doing the ultrasound with Jin and Son, and she's like, for what it's worth, your English is quite good. <laughs> I just, I think she's really funny as a human being. So when she gets a chance to smile and which she didn't get a lot of chance to before the actual end of the show, um, I liked her interaction sort of back and forth with Jack when he was in the cage in the, in the aquarium, big fan of that. I'm less a fan of her with, with Ben. Um, I found that rather challenging to watch for obvious reasons. I think just his sort of a, uh, abusive relationship emotionally, but I'm such a fan of her. I do I love the stuff with her and her sister because I'm I'm I I wish there was more of Rachel on the show and her nephew. Um, so yeah, I would probably say the end, Juliet, just because mm. I get to see her happy. Yeah. Uh, and, and happy belated birthday to Elizabeth Mitchell. Exactly. Who is that right? Go. Yeah, March, March 27th. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Delightful human being. Delightful. Yeah. 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 I saw you two interact once and it was really adorable. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you were great. there the first time I met her, which is, <laughs> you're the only person who can say that. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was yeah. great. It was and, really, uh, really just, lovely. <laughs> so long story short, Josh and I were on a press junket, uh, my first, not Josh's first, uh, at Fringe and V. And the they everyone knew how I felt about Elizabeth Mitchell and Juliet. And they told me, and they pretended that she wasn't available that day on V and she wouldn't ah. be on set. And I was super bummed. I think you guys all knew Josh, but I didn't. So we're at craft services having lunch and I feel this tap on my shoulder and it's Elizabeth Mitchell. Hi, Joe. Just so you know, I'm always going to remember your name because my mother and grandmother's name is Joanne. And I, uh, I don't even know what I said, to be honest. It's incredible. I just, and then she was so delightful and they gave me extra minutes with her to talk off the record. Um, 
outside of all the other reporters and it was just the nicest thing and she's to uh, them i keep saying delightful but oh my gosh she is sunshine no she's elizabeth mitchell okay fair yeah i know yeah son's <laughs> son's the other character right so she's the one who she's looking at her baby sunshine uh-huh. different character yeah. so yeah. yes yeah <laughs> uh no that was a delight uh seeing that happen was uh really tremendous one of those oh, moments that makes you believe uh in in the power of people I totally uh, forgot that you were there. That's amazing. I was there. I was 100 there. Now I just have this image of like Josh awkwardly standing next to Joe while that's he was happening. smiling and, so big, and like yeah. her memories letterbox though, where Josh is like cropped out of frame. Well, it was great because obviously I, you know, was such a huge lost nerd myself, but Joe possesses something that I do not, which is like social fearlessness, uh, and like so, like you have you have like a real. Um, ability to to kind of like charge headlong into those interactions that I really don't. I yes. have to. I really have to work up to it. Uh, and um, you know, I still my like I can still feel it in my legs when I gave myself like enough courage to go and introduce myself to Damon Lindelof once. Yep. And like I could still like I know that like I made that interaction incredibly awkward, but it had to happen. Yep. Um, so for me. I derive much more pleasure out of like a secondhand version of that. Uh, I love like, it. You know, it's like, see my friend be happy in a moment like that is a lot better than for me to like jump in myself. And wow, I'll forever Josh. know that the same day I met Josh Wiggle in person is the same day I met Elizabeth Mitchell and actually Titus Welliver and Eric Lang later that night in the bar. Oh yeah, they were at the bar. That's yeah, right. Yeah, what a round mm-hmm. Rushmore. Josh, yeah. I'm just so happy that you have quelled your anxiety enough to meet a celebrity of such stature as myself and uh-huh. true for hundreds of hours. I so. was really nervous the first time though. Uh, <laughs> I was really scared to meet uh, Nick's master Mike for the first time. I mean, to the sure. point where I, I brought my wife as a buffer just in case. <laughs> it was really important that we had someone uh, else there so that there was a witness. Uh, you know, because it's so uncomfortable. Um, Joe, I don't know when it's going to be. It could be as soon as May. It could be as late as October, I, November. I've been but looking I think at the, Westworld, the-, uh, the Westworld podcast is going to be coming back this year and it's going to be a delight. Absolutely. I look forward to that. And I, I thank you very much. I am very grateful for the opportunity to talk uh, with you guys, but also catch up and talk about this charity auction and the history of cancer gets lost. And I do want to give a huge shout out to the lost fans listening because we are not, we don't exist without you. You have been supporting us. Um, you, do you have still have my back? Yes, you do. Since day one. You, you are. And we are nowhere mm-hmm. near done, which is amazing. It's incredible. So just to wrap up, I just want to say that, again, you can find all the details for this current auction on cancergetslost.org. And my favorite catchphrases are, we have to give back and bid together buy alone. I like Yes! Uh, I, I said, we have to bid fast. Yes, I did like that. Was mine. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good. Um, what a delight. This is such a great time. Thank you so much, Joe. We, we greatly appreciate it. We apologize in advance for whichever next tangent we go on (laughs) when we resume the countdown later this week, Mike, uh, Mm -hmm. can you believe it? This thing is still going. We're still in the seventies right now. We're still hanging out in the seventies. Uh, we're going to trombone up with 76 through 73. Of course, if you haven't caught up yet, I think we've done eight fun loss number of those so far. Those have been ridiculous. It's a great way to not only look back on the episodes, but also look back on the podcast proper because the entire onus of the game, not Josh Holloway is to be able (laughs) to guess which episode comes next, partially based on just an audio clip that has been taken from a tireless team behind the curtain and try to figure out like, 
Okay, how broken are Josh and I if we actually remember what we said during the many, many hundreds of hours we talked about this show? Very broken. Deeply so. Uh, you're. It seems like, Mike, a little less broken than I am. I, I oddly so. The you are you are you are for sure the MVP of this effort so far, and I'm just coasting on your memory. At this I mean, point. the thing that's tough for me though, which is more of a self reflection, is that yes, I do have those things in my gray memory, but it comes at the cost of remembering things like relatives' names or <laughs> yeah. uh, important uh-huh. things that I should be doing. Is like, well, I do remember when I said that one thing on a lost <laughs> podcast, but oops, I forgot to go pick up her son. Well, let me go do that now. <laughs> oh my god, no, that's actually Elizabeth Mitchell. <laughs> oh no oh no i forgot to pick up elizabeth mitchell <laughs> uh all right so we'll be back in a couple of days with uh the next round of the lost down the hatch episode countdown 76 trombones through 73 follow joe on twitter at yes. joe opinionated she will make sure that you know all of the ways to be involved in cancer gets lost and everything else that she's got going on um joe thank you so much this is so much fun thank you both this was spectacular have a lovely week gentlemen all right folks we'll be back in a few days take care bye-bye bye Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.